Welcome to the RLB Podcast. My name is Pilar. My name is Ryan. And this week we are talking about Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Spinal Tap, it takes us on a tour with a documentary filmmaker studying what is called one of England's loudest bands. Uh, over the course of their U.S. tour, the band struggles with their waning popularity, embarrassing mismanagement, and the internal disagreements about the direction that the band is heading. Ultimately, what was supposed to be their very last show inexplicably leads them to a newfound success and a new tour in Japan of all Japan. places. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's pretty much what the movie is about. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have not seen this, it's not really a musical, but dude, the songs are jamming. Yeah. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, let's get it out of the way. These songs from this band are bops right it's not a real band mind you so whoever wrote all this stuff fantastic first of all and then we i mean we also have to give credit to the band yes so in this band we have david st hubbins who is the lead singer and guitarist uh played by michael mckean yes and then we have nigel tefnell he's the <laughs> lead guitarist and he uh is played by christopher guest yes um, those are the main two that we focus on but within the band we also have david uh derek smalls who's the bassist um, we have Mick McShrimpton, who <laughs> is the drummer, and then we have Viv Savage, who is a keyboardist. Yes. And then managing all the commotions that are going around, we have Ian, uh, who is the manager for the band. Yes. <laughs> uh, Ian carries around this cricket bat of all things. Oh yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, both. David and Nigel are like the founders of Spinal Tap. Yes, they've gone through many forms of the band Spinal Taps together. Yeah. Um, they were known as the yeah. Originals first. Yes. Um, but then they found out that there was another band called the Originals that eventually changed their name to the Regulars. Yes. But by that time, they were already called the New Originals, <laughs> and then they changed their name to the Thamesmen. The Thamesmen. The Thamesmen. Yeah. After and the after the after. river Thames. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then eventually <laughs> they phased out of that and became Spinal Tap. Yeah, so they have like a lot of uh, internal strife, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the major conflict. Well, there's a couple of different conflicts running mm -hmm. through the story. First of all, they are not as popular as they used to be. Right. Uh, they used to be like selling out, uh, like. 10,000 10, 10, seated arenas and now <laughs> uh, as they move to the states and i don't know if they've been to the states before i'm not sure i don't either. think they have because they were like yeah yeah they don't I didn't they, think, don't, they don't feel familiar, familiar with yeah. the united states <laughs> so their last uh this is their last um tour which happened to be in the u.s which you know they're a british band so they already have a hard time like penetrating the music nice <laughs> the music biz in the u.s um so they're booking smaller gigs um in which some are ultimately canceled as yeah. they're touring which kind of sucks for them yeah they're, um, they're promoting their new album 
which they're right. also struggling with because right. the cover is considered sexist. It's called Smell of the Glove is the name of their album, <laughs> which I don't know what that means. So I think they mean like the glove, you know, like a condom. Uh, okay. But they weren't allowed to put the condom on there, I think. Um, so what they wanted on the cover, which we never see, sadly, yeah, yeah. Um, is a greased up woman. Okay, this is per Bobby Fleckman's, uh, who is played by <laughs> Fran Drager's, um, per her description, it was a greased up woman who was on all fours with a big collar on, <laughs> and there's a man with glove, or there's a man holding the collar. Holding the leash. The leash, right? And he is making her smell a rubber glove <laughs> <laughs> and it's considered sexist yeah she, she has the great line it's 1982 it's not the 60s <laughs> right which, and then which yeah. uh ian replies that's not even the cover they wanted to do <laughs> um so um in order to compromise on this album ian gets an all black yeah, it's album. kind of like a pastel black, I think. Pastel it's, black! I think it's what Derek Small says. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, they were trying to be inspired by the Beatles' White Album, but mm -hmm. the more they looked at it, they realized that this was the death album yeah, of the, their Spinal this Tap. This is the death of Spinal Tap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the movie itself is presented as though it is a... A documentary on the band Spinal Tap. Right. Uh, it, of course, is. It, it wasn't like the first mockumentary, mm -hmm. but it has popularized the mockumentary genre. It was right, like right, right. the first real successful mockumentary mm -hmm. film. Um, anyway, uh, Rob Reiner, the director, he plays the the director oh, of this mockumentary. Yeah, the documentary. <laughs> uh, his name is uh, Marty. Right. And um, he's always been obsessed with Spinal Tap. Mm -hmm. And he, I guess, you know, through, you kind of learn about each of the characters through his like one-on-one -on -one conversations with them mm -hmm. and how inflated their egos are uh -huh. and how like those ego egos don't really mesh mm -hmm. anymore. Right. Uh, and they're kind of tearing the band apart. They're tearing the band yeah. apart. <laughs> so so uh, David has this girlfriend mm -hmm. um which i also think is funny because there's uh, a scene at one of the parties like the second party with bobby fleckman mm -hmm. um who i guess is like a promoter yeah at the second party they have like these like cold sores on their mouth mm. it's like oh, most it's at... like most prominent on david right, right, right. and uh he go he has this girlfriend back home mm -hmm. who then comes on tour with them later on yeah oh yeah and anyway uh i thought she kind of acted almost like a yoko ono yeah like like she is the division between the band yeah but the band was being divided already mm -hmm. she was just like the breaking point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Nigel. Well, according to David, Nigel and uh, what's her name? Jeannie? Janine. Janine, uh, who is David's girlfriend, uh, are similar. They don't dislike each other, but there's they just. There's a lot of love there. Yeah, there's a lot of love there. <laughs> Janine and Nigel definitely have some tension between each other. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's like for attention from David. 
that's kind of what it yeah, seems like. Yeah, like Nigel and David are like best friends. And so to have Janine kind of, and they've been working through their music together uh, for a very long time since they were like eight years old, they said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of them was eight, one was seven. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to have Janine be there to, one, criticize their choices as a band and as friends, mm-hmm. um, like it really stresses Nigel out and he really doesn't know how to to break it to David that, you know, your girlfriend just can't come and like mess yeah, things up. Yeah. <laughs> she is there and like oversteps her boundaries as right, not right. a band member and Ian just ups and quits and she becomes the new manager and uh yeah it just continues to go downhill from there right right um so there's a lot of characters Mm -hmm. um in addition to all of these like the band members janine ian and bobby fleckman who we who we mentioned and marty marty documentary filmmaker Uh uh there's a lot of other characters and there's like cameos almost Right, right right uh so we go throughout the movie um at the first party with Bobby Fleckman, there's these mimes. They're, they're like serving uh, hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't even recognize them at first, but mm-hmm. Dana Carvey is like oh, the, yeah. the one that's doing all the like the heavy the, lifting as the, the serving, mime. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we see him run into another mime close to some stairs mm-hmm. and. I like recognize the voice first, but that's mm-hmm. Billy Crystal. He's right, like, right, right. He's like the mime manager, <laughs> I guess. He says, mime is money. Mime is money. Which is one of the, you know, bazillion excellent quotes in this movie. <laughs> uh, later on, we see uh, Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. She is the um, the sculptor of this. Oh, um, Stonehenge. Yeah. <laughs> of this Stonehenge monument. Right. Uh, that serves as a has a really good gag in the movie mm-hmm. um and is like one of the ultimate breaking points between ian and the band's relationship uh we also see fred willard he's in here as like some sort of like military yeah, who officer is phil's dad from uh <laughs> from modern family yeah, uh, amongst many other things but right. um he's there just in that one scene right. uh and then we also have uh, paul oh, schaefer, paul schaefer yeah. uh, who is on uh, Letterman as the in-house uh, musician for several years. He plays Artie Fufkin, Polymer Records. <laughs> he just introduces himself to everyone. Artie Fufkin, Polymer Records. <laughs> like Van, wasn't he? Just like Bob Van. Yeah, Bob. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> That's funny. There's a lot of other yeah. characters. and This movie's jam-packed. Yeah, yeah. What I really love about it is like the structure of them. Like you can slowly see how everything's falling apart for them. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I I find it funny because I do I I I've have funded quite a few documentaries in oh. my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> one of those being uh, the matches, uh, and then the other one being uh, of Montreal. And I I I find it so funny that. Uh, both of those that I followed are, are like documentaries being done as the bands are like already broken up or falling apart. Hmm. Like definitely for sure falling apart for, uh, of Montreal because it was like really fun at the beginning. And then you slowly see how like things were really shitty for people hmm. and you can, you can see how people were tr- like faltering throughout the band. Um, and the same thing with the mashes, uh, they were like 
having fun at the beginning and then you see like all the small pieces that led to their demise mm -hmm. and it's like there's never a, a rockumentary that's really happening while people are big mm -hmm. so make, oh, maybe maybe for pop stars now because there's like the ariana grande one there's the beyonce one and mm -hmm. stuff like that um but for rock it's usually if you have a documentary being done about you you're probably gonna die within a few days uh, <laughs> But yeah, I think it, it it doesn't delve too much in the characters, but I feel like you can really sense the relationship between David and Nigel and how well they work together uh, and how they love making music. And like, I don't know, I don't know to what extent these are the real actors' voices like mm -hmm. singing, but if that's, if that's uh, Michael McKean's thing, dude, he has a voice. I don't know if he's in a band or anything, but... Those songs are jamming! Uh, Alright, well let me get into it. Because yes. that leads me into like the fun facts on this movie. Okay. First off, yeah, the band uh, does all play their own instruments. Damn, that's fucking sick. And he is singing. Uh -huh. Like, that's... They are musicians, basically. Yes. Can I say this one thing? Yeah. So to me, Ryan uh, identified uh, David as the guy from Better Call Saul. Like, yes. Almost immediately. But to me, he looks a lot like Snake from Degrassi. And we're going to put a picture right here because, dude, he looks exactly the same. And in Degrassi, he was also in a band who only had one hit. Uh, and so I thought that that could have been him, you know, like trying to live out that rock world or whatever. How old is he in Degrassi? In Degrassi? Well, he was in Degrassi High okay. in like the 1970s or whatever. Oh, okay. So he's like a teacher yeah he's a okay. teacher in the new degrassi so okay. yeah i mean but they look exactly the same to me uh if he had hair but anyways uh all right anyway so yeah they're all really playing mm -hmm. the instruments uh both uh, michael mckean who plays david christopher guest who plays nigel um and possibly Derek smalls uh, they uh, all wrote the music yeah uh, rob reiner did write some of the music as well whoa uh, uh yeah so like these are all like real written like, songs that's so sick yeah. dude uh so both mckean and guest were members of the band uh, lenny and the squig tones which is also a fictional band from the show laverne and shirley so they had nigel i mean christopher guest his mm -hmm. characters was was named nigel uh what's his name nigel Tufnell. And in he, that show in the show and he carried that over or no Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I am thinking of something else. Okay. They have different names. Okay. Their names are Lenny and Squig something. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, they're a fictional band in the show Laverne and Shirley. Okay. Uh, which I think Rob Reiner had a, a role in as well. Okay. Um, okay. They, a lot of things connecting. The band Spinal Tap mm -hmm. first appeared during a sketch on... Uh, a sketch comedy show called The TV Show okay. in 1979. Okay. That's where Nigel comes from. Okay, gotcha, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So that was the first time Spinal Tap as an entity appeared. Okay, um, okay. Uh, during filming, they uh, like performed like real concerts. Damn, <gasps> for real people. Like for real people. So like, oh my god, not not every scene that you see is like a real concert because I mean some of the venues are yeah tiny. <laughs> <laughs> But like, yeah, I think like Big Bottom. Yes! I think that's like a real show. Damn, dude, what I would wish to be there. I love that song so much. So during 
during the the release of the film, they also released the soundtrack, okay. which had the same cover as the the album. Oh, okay. In, Damn. As the Smell the Glove album, it was called the Spinal Tap. Like okay, the, yeah, the yeah, soundtrack like the was. black one. Yeah, they okay. also performed on Saturday Night Live <gasps> Whoa. to promote the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, the movie comes out in 1984. Okay. Uh, they are a fictional band. Like they're pretty much have only been Damn. musicians in fiction yes uh however because of the popularity of this movie uh they had a reunion in 1992 nice uh, and they released another album <gasps> called break like the wind what which is like like breaking wind i think is right, farting right. you know like yeah. it's a fart joke uh yeah so two songs off of that album uh one called bitch school and one called <laughs> the majesty of rock okay. actually made the charts like the UK like, charts. For real? Yeah, like the Damn. real charts. They have performed at Wembley Arena in London multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, they had a reunion one night tour. Yeah. One night world tour. Damn. In uh, June 30th, 2009, um, in which they also opened for themselves as the fictional band The Folksmen. <gasps> or The Folkmen. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's so sick. All right. Yeah. We, we have to make a mockumentary of uh, Snoozer Loser, who is a fictional band that we got to see in real life. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of funny things. Uh, so Mick Shrimpton, the drummer, mm -hmm. he spontaneously combusts in the right, film. Right. Uh, so the actor that plays him takes up the role of the drummer for the, the live performances okay, okay. Uh, as his twin brother, uh, Rick uh, Shrimpton. <laughs> Rick Shrimpton. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of drummers, so yes. you mentioned that uh, Mick Shrimpton spontaneously combusts. So yes. the band itself has had a history of their drummers dying. Yes. Um, so awful, first awful. one, we have John Stumpy Peep. <laughs> um, the Peepster. The Peepster, that's right. Um, who's, <laughs> whose death is uh, quoted by the police to be better unsolved. <laughs> Oh, it's a, it a terrible gardening accident. Oh, is what yeah, that's him. right, that's right. Um, then we have um, Eric Stumpy Joe. <laughs> Eric Stumpy Joe, who uh, incidentally uh, died choking on vomit. Yes, somebody um, else's vomit. Somebody else's vomit. Uh, they really couldn't identify <laughs> whose vomit it was. You, yeah. you can't really dust. So, for... <laughs> so those are the first two drummers. All right, and then after uh, the Stumpies, we have Peter James Bond. <laughs> Dude, okay, did you figure out if any of this was uh, improv? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because uh, I lot feel of like it is improv. I want to say like at least every time that they were speaking to the filmmaker Marty had to be improv because i just felt like they were talking on top of each other and just like coming. <laughs> like dude there's no way somebody wrote down that his name is peter james bond <laughs> i don't know how much of it is improv but right, a right. lot of it is improv. yeah like <laughs> like um marty Ro rob reiner is telling them about a couple of reviews and uh one of the my favorite one is like <laughs> it was like <laughs> yeah some critics said they reviewed uh, it, it's unknown when the day in which god created spinal tap but why didn't he rest on that day too? <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> in reviewing Shark Sandwich, an album, uh, I believe their sophomore album. Yeah, <laughs> um, somebody reviewed it and just said, shit sandwich. Dude. Anyway, yeah, when, when he's telling that to the band. They're I, like fucking. I feel like their reactions are just so genuine in that yeah, moment. They're trying so hard not to <laughs> laugh, like genuinely. But I think one of my favorite parts which i feel i i'm pretty sure it was improv is where um mark or ian is trying to assure them that their album is going to be published they were just experimenting on um the album cover or something mm -hmm. like that and then i think it was derek smalls who said what they got they got monkeys <laughs> they got monkeys experimenting with the packaging oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's yeah. like, what, they got monkeys opening up the packages or something like that? <laughs> oh my god, Jesus. This movie is a lot funnier than, like, outside of it. Yeah. Than watching it. Like, I think watching it, I am too mesmerized by the music. And yeah. then I think about what actually happened. Yeah, And yeah. then I'm just, like, fucking busting laughing. What, what was your favorite song? My favorite song yeah. has to be Big Bottoms. Okay, I thought it was going to be Big I mean, Bottoms. There's no... I mean, it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favorite song? What's your favorite song? Um, out of all of the music, I really like the David and Nigel's first song that they oh, made. Oh, right, right, right. Um, which is... What is it called? All the Way Home. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the Way Home. All the Way Home. I feel like that's such a good song. Like, yeah, it's like a real genuinely good song. I mean, they're all really good. It's just... Uh, well, I mean... I mean, maybe not Sex Farm. I mean, most of them are really good, but they're just joke songs. Yeah, yeah. I guess what makes this movie so good is like how quotable it is. Yeah. Because there's just... I mean, like every other line is hilarious. Right. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned so many of them already, but like when when they get their album, Nigel says, how much more black could this album be? The answer is none. None more black. <laughs> like, it's just so good. I think one of my favorites is when, <laughs> when they go to a hotel that accidentally forgot to book the seven rooms that they needed. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. instead just booked a room on the seventh floor yeah. <laughs> um and ian calls him a twisted fruit and the man's like sir i'm as god made <laughs> that guy had another good line too they uh, were yeah. like how how are 28 people no how are 14 people supposed to sleep in one bed and like sir don't tempt me he's <laughs> <laughs> like the most homely man <laughs> There's, um, a, there's a lot of like little things like that, like not yeah. big lines. Like in that same scene, uh, Ian says, uh, like he's like demanding that they get all the rooms or whatever. And he says, I want these suites and I want them now. These people are tired. We have sound check in an hour. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's ridiculous because he's saying we need these bedrooms because of how tired everybody is. But also, we have to be on stage in one, <laughs> in one hour. Like, as soon as they get into the room, they have to fucking leave. And um, then I think in that same scene, um, oh, yeah, they meet that other rock star who yeah. apparently sold out this really big arena. <laughs> and then his manager is like, all right, guys, we'd love to make small talk and chat, but we got to go sit in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go sit in the lobby to wait on our limo. Like, he's like, dude. 
Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I do, like, okay, so there was, like, foreshadowing to Stonehenge that I really, really liked. I think it was in their first concert after they sang uh, Big big Bottoms. Yeah. Um, the crowd was cheering and somebody was like, sing Stonehenge! <laughs> yeah. And then we actually get to see what Stonehenge is and it's just not as good as they wanted it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the Stonehenge... Um, prop that they have is like extremely small it's like this big and uh like that's kind of the most um the most blatant gag in the movie Mm -hmm. but there's other you know aside from like the quotability and the ridiculous lines and stuff there's other gags throughout the movie Mm -hmm. um so uh nigel is being interviewed and he's like in the green room somewhere Mm -hmm. um is that what it's called yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's talking about these little sandwiches. Oh, yeah! Little sandwiches. <laughs> I can't even, I can't quote the little sandwich stuff because that's just too yeah, much. Yeah, dude. He's like, so it's like tiny bread and then a regular sized bologna slice. <laughs> and, and Ian is trying to show him, like, this is how you use the tiny bread. You just fold the salami slice. He's like, yeah, but if I fold the bread, the bread just. <laughs> Just breaks and he's and then Ian's like trying so hard to tell him not to fold the bed. <laughs> 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 Olives. He's like, yes. <laughs> he's like, I look at this olive and there's a little guy and this olive ain't got nothing. <laughs> yeah, like with so like he's having this absolutely ridiculous conversation, but at the same time, there's like a platter of like. Oreos that like at one side of the Oreo is gone. It's just like the cream on one cookie. Dang, I missed that. I think you told me the first time, and I didn't even look at it the second and time. And then right next to that is another platter, the one with the olives. Yeah, but there's it's like I think it's like deviled eggs. It's something, but there's like a cigarette like sticking in something. Yeah, and like it's just little stuff like that throughout the movie that are really good. Like there's the one scene and when they're in these pods oh, for yeah, the beginning yeah. of their number. And yeah, and David comes out of the pod like with his guitar playing. Uh, then Nigel comes out of the guitar or comes out of the pod with mm-hmm. his guitar playing. And then Derek is supposed to step out of his pod. But he's stuck. But he, his pod won't open. <laughs> <laughs> and like the stagehand or whatever like comes out there and like starts hammering on it. Bah, bah, bah. But it, when he's hammering on it, it like almost joins with the music and like yeah, becomes yeah, yeah. an addition an additional percussion uh, in the music but i don't know that's so it's so fucking funny it's so dorky he comes out there with like a blowtorch yeah. after the hammer will Dude, work. i do wish there was a little bit more like something because he comes um the was the crew stage hand whatever yeah like, he doesn't get a name or anything. He's no. just like... Because he comes up again when Nigel is, like, doing this cool move where he, like... <laughs> he, like, bends backwards and he gets stuck. And so the, the stagehand is, like, trying so hard to lift him, but he, like, spins him around. I, I couldn't tell if that was, like, part of it. If Nigel <laughs> wanted to be spun around and then lifted up. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's so fucking good. One of my favorite small things is, uh, like, Nigel having a Gumby shirt, and then mm-hmm. later you see him with a little Gumby in his pocket. Mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's, like, it's never elaborated on. Yeah. And, like, I kind of wish it was, but I'm kind of glad that it wasn't. Because it's just, like, one of those things, you know? He just likes Gumby. And, like, what 
what is he gonna say? Like I was five years old and he <laughs> came on and he was like my hero, or whatever. Yeah. And a small thing about Nigel is because uh, I feel like David is seen more as the emotional, like happy-go-lucky kind of hmm. yin to his to like Nigel's yang. He's more of a straight man, you know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's like the pragmatic one almost sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially when Janine comes around, but there's like silly moments with him where he's like, there's the one where he like is saving his gum for later. He's like talking to Marty and he's just holding the gum on his, (laughs) on his finger. Um, and then when he goes to show Marty his, um, his guitars and he's like, Marty's not allowed to look at one of them. He tells him not to, not to touch it. And he's like, no, I'm not touching it. I'm just pointing. (laughs) Don't, don't Don't point. point. And he's like, listen, listen. But he like doesn't play anything. Yeah. He's like, listen to the sustain. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hear anything. He's like, well, if I was playing it. All right. So we have, um, we have the quotes. We have. Like the gags mm-hmm. throughout, and then there's the jams. also the jams. Uh, there's also like just these really good scenes mm-hmm. that could be in any comedy. I feel like anywhere. Okay, they're almost like they feel like sketches mm. inside the movie. Almost okay. like the one scene where uh, Derek Smalls is going through the metal detector. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and he goes through several times, and each time he sets it off, and finally he reveals that he has this cucumber in, wrapped in aluminum foil in his yeah. pants. Dude, and I will say that the TSA who's, like, handling Derek Smalls is so cute. She's so precious <laughs> with her little hair. Oh, my gosh. She did not deserve that Derek. Um, uh, and then the other scene that feels... I mean, it definitely goes with the movie, but it almost feels separate. Yeah. Is when they get lost backstage mm. and they cannot find the stage and they run into this guy like working on some pipes or something. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. And he gives them like the most elaborate uh, directions Direction. on how to get to the he's stage. He's like, take a left and then you just hop five times and then <laughs> you take a right and then there's going to be two doors. You turn four. I think he told him to jog about three. <laughs> Jog about 30 steps yeah. or something like that. <laughs> anyway, they're like, okay, cool, thanks. And then they go like in a circle and just see yeah. him again. Uh, anyway, like that's funny. I feel like we don't see what happens before that or after that. No. Yeah. I think they just like get there and they're like, <laughs> yeah. And then they lose their momentum and then they pick it back up and then they get lost again. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to talk about also, um, I mean, like this movie definitely had a heavy influence on the mockumentaries that followed it mm-hmm. um i mean everything from like you know borat uh borat 2 now um to like tv as well with like the office i guess and i mean there's all kinds of stuff that this this movie specifically has influenced mm-hmm. um for us we wanted to watch it uh, because it was rob reiner's like first movie is uh what's jack black's Tenacious D. Is that a movie? Uh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Spinal Tap inspired Tenacious D. I feel like I heard that somewhere. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, they've they influenced music as well. Yeah. Like, Metallica released uh, an album cover that was all black except for, like, a little snake in the corner. Oh, nice. Uh, that was directly related to, like, the Spinal Damn, Tap Damn, dude, that's so fucking sick, dude. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, Tenacious D, it can be said that they're a similar band. Like, mm-hmm. like are they a real band? Who knows? I mean, kind of. I mean... They make music. Jack and Kyle are both musicians, I guess, so... Right. Yeah. Anyway, one, one of them has a quote, I guess it's Christopher Guest, about, mm-hmm. like, it's strange that the fiction of this movie kind of led to reality. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, anyway, Rob Reiner. Okay. Um, this, he he's mainly known uh, as Michael Meathead Stivic, uh, from 1971 to 1978 on the show All in the Family. All right. So he made this movie in 1984. Mm -hmm. Um, After this movie, he made a movie called The Sure Thing, which I don't know anything about. Okay. But then he made, in this order, Stand By Me in 1986. The Princess Bride, 1987. When Harry Met Sally, 1989. Misery in 1990. And A Few Good Men in 1992. Damn. Like, that is Those are all, like, hits. Those are... That's a terrific run of movies. Damn, dude. Can you imagine, like, your (laughs) first movie is, like, fucking fantastic, and then it just gets better from there? (laughs) (laughs) And then with the actors, um, uh, Michael McKean, you mentioned that I recognized him as uh, somebody from Better Call Saul. Mm -hmm. He plays um, uh, Chuck McGill, who is Jimmy or Saul's uh, older... Lawyer brother. Um, Lawyer brother? Yeah. Anyway, I I couldn't believe him. That's the only thing I knew him in. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But, like, for the character of Chuck McGill, who is, like, just some pretentious old asshole. Yeah. Uh, to be... So free-spirited. Yeah. <laughs> such a such a rocker. You right. Know? And... and has such a great voice mm-hmm. um, that just caught me so by surprise. Yeah, uh, Christopher Guest, who plays Nigel, he is mostly known for like his mockumentary contributions. So mm-hmm. he's like written and directed several mockumentaries after this. Yeah, uh, most notably like Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Win. Uh, he is also married to Jamie Lee Curtis. Whoa, yeah, that's very yeah. cute. Yeah. Uh, and then Harry Shearer, who plays Derek Smalls, mm-hmm. uh, he voices several characters on The Simpsons, Whoa. including Mr. Burns, Smithers, Ned Flanders. Uh, and many more. Yeah, many, many more. Dang. Um, so, like, you know. These are some big names. Yeah, this, there's some very talented people in this movie. Yeah. yeah, I just, I feel like it's one of those hidden movies that, like, only, like, the cool people know about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Like, yeah. I feel like if you were to mention it to anybody, they'll be like, what is, this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> like, Spinal Tap? Like, that's a movie. <laughs> um, but I feel like all the, I don't know, I feel it mentioned so much by, like, like actors and directors and stuff like that and, like, musicians. Yeah. It's just, like, one of those things that sparked so much. And yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And I guess with that, uh, you want to give... Yeah, let's get into some ratings. All right. right. What you get? What did you give this movie? All right. I love this movie so much. But. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to take into account, like, everything. Like, it's so good, but it's also very average of a movie. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, the sound is average. Like, the songs were jamming, but it wasn't, like, spectacular sound. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, what do you like mean? cinema, like I don't know, like there's just something about it that just feels like it feels like a movie that you would watch in the middle of the day. 
like on USA. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So like, I rated this movie a seven point three. A seven point three. Yes. Out of what? Out of eleven. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I felt like it's not as high as I wanted it to go. Okay. Like, personally, on a personal level, mm-hmm. but, like, like log- logistically? Yeah, logistically. So, logistically, it just, it just doesn't compare to a lot of movies I've seen. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, it's okay. really good, but it's not great. Okay. Alright. Okay. That's fair, I guess. What did you rate Did you think about writing it out of 11 when you were making this rating? No. Should I divide it by 11? Should I do it again and then divide it by 11? (laughs) No, because then it's just making it lower. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you forget all about the 11? I did. Okay. So you gave it a 7.3 out of 10, technically. Technically. But I mean, if I just, I just need to go a little bit higher, (laughs) we can make it (laughs) 11. Uh, IMDb also has, only for this movie, a special rating system. Wow! And it goes up to 11. Damn, dude! (laughs) Dude, they're just, okay, so this movie is not great, but it... Like, as a movie, it's not great. But as an entity, it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's why I had to be, like, really stuck to my numbers. Right. <laughs> what did you rate it? All right. I rated it just a little higher than you. Okay. I gave it a, just a flat eight. Nice, out nice. Of <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah. I, I think it, I mean, like you were saying, if you just watch this movie like in a vacuum it's not the best movie right right um like yes the comedy is funny the gags are funny the music is really good for a fictitious rock band right um but it's just everything else that this movie means yes that really gives it life yeah 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 and the the rating that i think it deserves i would not watch this movie in theaters you know what I'm saying? Like, I would not pay money to watch this movie. In okay. Because it's just, it doesn't feel like it's theater worthy. Would you pay money to watch Spinal Tap, the band? Yes, I would. <laughs> Most definitely, dude. I would definitely watch Spinal Tap. Okay. So, right. it's kind of tough. It's very tough for me. Mm-hmm. What is your one favorite thing about watching My this movie? My one favorite thing about... I'm still about... thinking about which one thing you're going to okay. choose. Okay. All right. So, my favorite thing is big bottom like, <laughs> as a song okay. and performance because they're shaking their little bums yeah, yeah, yeah um but i also love uh the sweater that janine made him okay good. like that is okay. so cute like and he like wants to take it off because he feels like a fucking nerd but dude, that's the <laughs> sickest sweater i love that sweater I when i saw it. that thing i was like damn that is a sick sweater and i wasn't even paying attention to like the conversation the conversation yeah. <laughs> uh, we we kind of watched it like one and a half times mm-hmm. um and the the second full time through we we i noticed that yeah he hates the sweater yeah and he wants to take it off 
And he doesn't even want to go see the other band members with it on. Yeah. He's, he's like, like embarrassed. He's like, I don't think they should see it until it's finished. <laughs> and Janine's like, um, it's done. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like that sweater. And I'm glad you brought it up because it's one of the things I was debating on. Dang. Okay. Um, what's your, what's that other favorite thing that you were thinking? Okay. Uh, uh, okay. My one favorite thing is when they're at the festival, mm-hmm. which isn't even a festival. It's almost like being at Six Flags and you're playing at that um, uh, amphitheater. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it's they start playing the song and it's terrible. And like people start sitting down. And <laughs> it just shows this one guy sitting there like this. <laughs> <laughs> He's so bored. Damn, dude. He's so bored. All right. So. That is Spinal Tap. Uh yeah, I'm not going to give it a thumbs down. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, but yeah, so... Giving it a bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, so... Uh, yeah, so we chose this movie because it was a directorial debut. Um, our prior episode was mid-90s, which was also a directorial debut of John yes. Hill. Um, so this one, of course, it pretty much, like like started the genre of a mockumentary mm-hmm. uh, so we wanted to do other mockumentaries um, and we have three choices for you they are somewhat different type of mockumentaries yeah uh, or different from each other right uh, and i'm excited for each of these individually individually so, so yes. yeah um taking away me <laughs> <laughs> so the choices we have is a Bernie, which came out in 2011, is directed by Richard Linklater. Um, it's starring Jack Black, yes. um, and it's based on a true story. Yeah, so there's some debate on if it is even a mockumentary, mm-hmm. because I think fundamentally mockumentary, like mockingness, it almost it it almost needs to be a comedy, mm-hmm. and this is not really a comedy. It's like a it's like a black comedy, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't even find it on, like, when I did a Google search of, like, best mockumentaries. Like, it didn't even show up. up. But it is a mockumentary. Right. It is a fictional documentary. Right. Just about real people and a real event that that took place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's really good. We'd seen it before, and we want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, But then we have the Best in Show came out in 2000, uh, directed by Christopher Guest, who we already talked about, and it was written by uh, him and Eugene Levy. Yes. Um, And so that is starts uh, both Guest and McKean, who Mm -hmm. we watched in Spinal Tap, Mm -hmm. along with Eugene uh, Levy and Catherine (laughs) O'Hara from from Schitt's Creek. Uh, we got Jennifer Coolidge in there, and we got Jane Lynch, dude. Yeah. Another jam-packed movie. We yeah. have not seen it, but after like doing some research, it looks so good. So we're very excited for this one too. Yes. Um, and lastly, uh, we have C. I Tanya, which came out in 2017, critically acclaimed, <laughs> directed by uh, Craig Gillespie. <laughs> Gillespie. Directed by Craig Gillespie. Gillespie. Okay. Directed by Craig Gillespie. Last time, last time. All right. Okay. Directed by Craig Gillespie. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, starring Margot Robbie, um, and it's fucking fantastic. Also, also Allison Janney. She's the, oh yeah, she's. She, uh, did she win Best Supporting Actor? Best she Actress might have. Actress? That's yeah. Juno's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the bird. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is about uh, Tanya Harding, of course, and based on another true story. Again, yeah. um, it's. It's so good, and I mean, I love this movie. I'm pretty sure Ryan really loves this movie, so we wouldn't mind re watching it again yeah, and yeah. reviewing it uh, with all our favorite details in in entailed. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right, but, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. Yeah. Well, thank you, as always, for watching us. Uh, if you haven't already like the video, subscribe to our channel, and most importantly, share us with your friends so we can get, Please get those views up, you know? Yeah, we like them views. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to vote here, you can do so in the comments. If not, we also do our voting on Twitter. Uh, we are Pod from the Basket, and on Instagram, we are there will be podcasts on there. Yeah, uh, we're also on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, thank you again so much. Please watch Spinal Tap. It's an experience. Um, it will leave your brain rotten with goodness. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And we're going to try our best to do some parting words. <laughs> I might just sing spine or rock bottom. Rock bottom? Yeah. All right. Cute. Big bottom. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Look, right across the board. 11, 11, 11. And most of these amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? You're on 10 on your guitar. Where do you go from there? Where? I Nowhere. Don't know. Exactly. So, what we do is when we need that little extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11. Exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go up to 11. <laughs> <laughs>